0: Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan. Uh, I Welcome. Happy New Year. Uh, welcome to 2021. Um, we are here bringing you more podcasts, LOLs, and interesting conversations, and whatnot. Emphasis on the whatnot. Uh, yeah, I am joined this week by a very special friend of the podcast, very special guest. Uh, it's been a while since we've had him on. Um, everybody, folks out there, uh, if you're driving your car, please don't do this, but if you're anywhere else, please give a round of applause and help me welcome back to the show, Luke Galan, the science mom.
1: What's up, Asan? What's up, Luke? Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. Good to be on here. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Happy New Year.
0: Oh, you too. You too, man. What did you uh, do for the holiday? What'd you do for New Year's?
1: Well, with quarantine, uh, I I didn't really do much, uh, Mm Uh, Christmas just spend it with uh, my wife's family okay and uh, you know New year's was up until I don't know when and then uh, mm-hmm. had some uh, had some drinks enjoyed uh, the countdown with my wife nice and then crashed before the baby wakes
0: up <laughs> exactly well that sounds sounds like a good time um, yeah, man. are you uh, are you back teaching yet
1: I'm teaching I'm still remote teaching so this okay. is my office behind me i know uh, listeners can't see it but it's an assortment of hogwarts things and butterflies for some reason
0: you look uh you look very distinguished right now luke i must say uh, uh, can i describe it in in romance novel detail for the listeners (laughs) go for it brother all right luke luke had on a i just imagine romance novels are always read by women with british accents Um, yeah even the cowboy ones yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> Luke was a dusty stranger from, from from the the Wild West. <laughs> he had on a sweater, a knit sweater, uh, zipped up all the way to hit the bottom of his chin, and it grazed up against his graying silver fox beard. <laughs> he wore glasses and his hair combed to the side. Nice. How was that? Was I that good? It. That was good. It's better than my
1: students. They described me as. The food critic from Ratatouille, <laughs> Vector from Despicable Me, or cool. Mr. Crocker from The Fairly Odd Parents. All yeah. all choices yeah. are uh, insulting. You're just a cartoon honest.
0: villain, is what they're saying. Uh,
1: basically, I'm, I'm a cartoon jerk. Gotcha. Sounds like.
0: Right on, right on. All right. So, Luke Galan, the science mon, uh, you are, uh, whenever you are on this show, you are usually here because I have reached uh, an impasse. I have reached. The precipice upon which uh, I look over the edge and see the end of my science knowledge and the beginning of the opportunity for you to come and bless my audience with some science Um, know-how. And I need you for that today. And the film we're going to be talking about today is right up your alley. I mean, it is physics heavy. And you are a high school physics teacher. That's right. And That's right. uh you are uh my personal foremost expert on all things science. So we are going to talk <laughs> about the 2020 Christopher Nolan film Tenet. Um now you Lovely. said you've seen this movie how many times?
1: Uh this is, I've seen it 3 times.
0: 3 times and you said you love it. Tell me tell me about why you love it.
1: Uh I I loved uh the storytelling. So I'm a big fan of Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. Obviously he makes, you know, movies that are challenging mm-hmm. in many ways, yes. including bad movies, right? He makes mm-hmm. bad movies. Uh, but <clears throat> uh, I think this is like, what if Memento was actually in reverse, but forward. Mm. <laughs> and so to me, that like tickles me in a very interesting way. Uh <laughs>
0: so gotcha. I loved it. Okay. Yeah, great. No, I, I uh, no, that that's good. What if Memento was actually in reverse? I I like that. So you have a... a, Overall, you'd say you have a positive relationship with Christopher Nolan movies? Uh, For the
1: most part, there are some that I uh, do not enjoy.
0: What's your favorite Christopher Nolan movie?
1: My favorite Christopher Nolan movie? Yeah. Uh, Gosh, that's a tough one. Batman Begins. No, The Prestige.
0: Hmm. Interesting that you chose Batman Begins... It, instead of the dark knight
1: no uh the dark knight is good it's just too stuffed with like uh like like philosophical mm. metaphor it felt like the matrix too like wow that's really interesting right, hold topic. on luke, hold like, on
0: cool your jets luke cool your jets <laughs> are it's you a good movie <laughs> are you excited about the uh the the fourth matrix installment that is coming yeah I'm ex- at the end of the year
1: I'm excited to find out if it's a fourth or if it's a number two all over again. You know what I
0: mean? That's a, that's a, yeah, I I get it. All right, Luke. All right. I didn't know you'd go, go blue comedy. So, uh, so soon.
1: (laughs) No, that's, that's, that's
0: a good joke. I'm going to steal it. Um, okay. And then you said, no, but I am very
1: excited. I'm very excited for that.
0: That's good. We should, we should, if, uh, it, I think it comes out December, it's supposed to come out December of this year of 2021. So if that yeah. happens, then and and it's safe to do so, you and I should go watch it in theaters together.
1: I would be so freaking down.
0: I know. That'd be awesome. We can only hope. I'm crossing my fingers over here. Um, yeah, me too. Okay. And you said the Prestige is your favorite.
1: That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh,
0: what do you like about the Prestige? This this movie kind of has some elements of the Prestige in there. I, yeah,
1: definitely. A lot of Christopher Nolan's movies feel similar in the way that um, he delivers information visually. Yes. it's almost disjointed like the editing is the last thing on his mind the, the the main thing on his mind is like this theme let's stick to the theme even if the editing is bad or something and so uh the prestige to me uh, what I love about it is um gosh um the theme of I, I don't know like the theme of like uh, unraveling the mystery as you go and you find the the answer to the mystery is not as interesting as the mystery itself and to me, the, the revelation of what's going on in this movie uh, by the end you get revealed something that's pretty like you look back and you go, Oh, okay. I kind of saw that coming, but the way you get there is so fantastic that it makes me, it just echoes that for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I like the prestige. So I think the prestige is probably my favorite Nolan movie as well. It's it's definitely one that I go back to the most. Uh if I there's so I go back to the prestige, the dark knight, and Interstellar quite a bit. Interstellar is a bit long, so um, I have to like really be in the mood to watch that. But the prestige yeah. is the prestige is uh every time I watch the prestige, it feels like it's been a long time since I've watched it, even if I've just watched it recently. So yeah. I, I actually really like counts. going back to that one. And I think the prestige probably does what um a lot of Chris Nolan movies that the way you described are trying to do, I think the prestige may be the best version of it. Like it may be the most, like the purest version of like, you're watching a story about a protagonist, uh, no pun intended about a protagonist who is uh, obsessed with completing a task or accomplishing some goal. And there's something that the protagonist doesn't know. And it, and the audience doesn't know it either. uh, But when you find out it, Completely changes the way you and the protagonist look at the rest of the events that have happened. He, yeah. that's like the Chris Nolan formula, and then sprinkle some sci-fi and some, some, some action scenes on top of that, and you got a Chris Nolan movie. Uh, I think yeah. the Prestige does that uh, probably the best. Um, I, I would say that the Prestige
1: is the archetype of a Nolan film because yeah. all Nolan films have a Prestige in it. Mm-hmm. it has like the setup, the prestige and the, you know, like the, the payoff and all of them have that same thing. It's like Shyamalan. You're going to have a twist. Probably the twist is that the movie was bad the whole time, but
0: you know, <laughs> they all have a twist. <laughs> That's a pretty good joke. Um, I would agree. So I think, and we're going to get into this. So what did you feel about? So with, I'm going to ask you what you felt about, um, what you felt about, um, Tenet in a second but while we're here I don't want to lose this thought I think Tenet I think Tenet is is probably Christopher Nolan's least successful example of the Chris Nolan archetype and here's why I say that I say it because um, so much of the movie is obvious misdirects for something that's going to happen later whereas so he's a little bit more heavy-handed now. He shows his hand a little bit more whereas like yeah. in the Prestige you have zero clue what's going on almost the entire time. Even when he reveals, you know, the in the Prestige spoiler alert, when he reveals that, you know, uh Hugh Jackman's character is, you know, the the idea of, of it being a cloning machine, it is revealed pretty early in the movie and then the movie's actually about another twist that you don't see coming at all. And uh I think this movie Tenet is It kind of doesn't, in the way that a lot of Chris Nolan movies will pick a twist that they want to reveal and then reveal it to you at the end, it kind of doesn't know which twist it wants to reveal. And so it kind of half reveals all of them and none of them feel like, oh, that's the one that will change how I watch the movie. It's kind of like, well, I know there's going to be a twist in here somewhere and turns out there's a bunch of twists and I don't really know which one to follow or care about. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. I get you.
1: I don't oh. disagree with that. I think that uh, I think you're onto something there. Okay. And, and I do think that, like, uh, in, in terms of that, yeah, it's definitely Chris Nolan at his most unhinged, <laughs> and and therefore least directed.
0: Yes, you know. I I uh, I I posted on Instagram on my stories while I was watching this that Chris Nolan, like, I was 20 minutes into the movie and Christopher Nolan apparently set out to make the most infuriating movie ever (laughs) because it it, like if you're not on board for what chris nolan does and and you're not willing to like do a lot of work as an audience member to try to pay attention and stuff like that you will be completely lost within the first 15 minutes of the movie
1: yeah i watched it with three people and two of them got so lost and so tired that they fell asleep Mm -hmm. and it wasn't late in the day it was like middle of the afternoon, like let's watch this movie, let's have lunch. And they just ate their lunch, fell asleep, woke yeah. up and said, What is happening here? And everything has <laughs> gone backwards and all forwards. Right. And I'm like, all right, well, same for you, man. I don't know what right. to tell you.
0: So okay. So so but overall your thoughts about Tenant? you really liked this movie.
1: I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I okay. can see why in terms of a movie it's it's not Nolan at his best. And it's definitely Nolan after The Dark Knight Rises where he started being very ham-fisted in how he delivers his execution. This is the most of that trend. Uh, I can see that 100%.
0: But I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I thoroughly enjoyed – so I enjoyed the movie. Um, I didn't necessarily enjoy watching it, but I did – after the fact, upon finishing the movie – I was, I was glad I watched it, and I appreciate, I appreciated what uh, that team, Christopher Nolan and his team, set out to do and set out to make. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't enjoy watching a lot of it, <laughs> and we'll get into why. But um, so let's, so I guess the best way to kind of get into this conversation before I ask you the sciency questions is, I'm gonna try my best, and also spoiler alert from here on out, um, I'm gonna try my best to recount the plot of this movie. In the order of which the movie presents it to us. <laughs> so it, it, that's not exactly chronological order, but we'll get into that. So essentially this movie is about, or excuse me, the plot of this movie, because the movie is about a lot of things. But the plot of this movie is at, at some point in the future, um, Earth scientists have developed a way to reverse an object's entropy or reverse its travel through space-time uh to go in reverse at the same rate as everyone else is going forward in time. So you can do it with objects and in it they say that it's done through some some kind of radiation that we haven't discovered yet. Some kind of combination of irradiated materials. And um so <laughs> so, the the future scientists create this uh, uh, tool to do this, and the scientists that create it um, basically takes the device that can do it and uh, breaks it – well, it's an e- – I'm not even going to get into that. They take the device that can do this, and they break it up into nine parts, and they spread it throughout um, the past, different locations in Earth on Earth throughout the past – um. So hopefully, hopefully that no one will find it. Um. That scientist who did that went rogue because because they couldn't handle the responsibility of it. Kind of like Oppenheimer. They talk about that with the Manhattan Project. So the future scientists that want the device back task, um, the villain of the movie, uh, Kenneth Kenneth Branna, to uh uh find all the pieces of the device throughout. Uh, the, the different locations in, in space and time, uh, because he's from the Soviet Union and, and was willing to dig up nuclear devices. They were all buried in nuclear sites, as we learn, um, so that he can activate the device, which will destroy humanity of the the humanity that he is the current day humanity, but will allow the device to make it back to the future, I guess. And so that's that's the that's the overarching story of what the villains are trying to do. Introduce our protagonist played by John David Washington who is a CIA CIA agent who is recruited by an organization called Tenet to essentially stop the bad guys plan, to get a hold of to infiltrate Kenneth Branagh's uh, uh operation find the last piece before he does and stop this from happening. Um, that is essentially, and, and he, and he is helped by his like colleague or whatever played by um, Robert Pattinson, Robert Pattinson, his name is Neil. And they, they have to like try to find this last piece of this device before Kenneth Brown does. All right. That is in a nutshell, what the movie is about, right? But you did a good job. thank you. Thank you, Luke. <laughs> so where it gets weird is, <laughs> okay, so where it gets weird is <laughs> while John David Washington, our protagonist, from our perspective, is living life normally, uh, there are several characters, um, including Robert Pattinson's character, who are themselves inverted, as they call it, and are moving through time backwards to from the future to help him in his mission in the past um and then we find out at the end of the movie that John David Washington's character his the future version of, of himself is the person who created Tenet and started the whole operation in the first place um there i think that's just about everything um, and there's some little minor things about different characters' motivations with art forgeries and things like that. We don't have to get totally into, but that's kind of the crux of the movie, and it's all in, it's all based on this idea of taking an object's entropy uh, and r- with radiation reversing it so that it moves backwards through space time in sp- instead of forward. So that is the plot of this movie. If it sounds convoluted, it is. Uh, And it is much more convoluted when you're watching it and don't know what it is. And I just did all that from memory, so I'm pretty pretty impressed with myself.
1: (laughs) That is impressive. And I think you nailed it. I actually have the plot synopsis here.
0: Thank you. That'll be helpful. That'll be helpful. Okay, so I guess let's get some groundwork science questions out of the way. Okay, can you describe what entropy is? Entropy
1: is kind of a – if you want to think of it in layman's terms, it's a measure of the amount of disorder – in a system okay so for example if you have um i don't know a gas in a in a in like a like let's say you have a an aerosol so it's full of gas in this little container Mm -hmm. once you spray it out right it's spread out into the atmosphere um it's entropy it's disorder It, it is now naturally where it wants to be it has spread out right and has taken up all the room it wants to the disorder has gone down. It, uh, the, the universe doesn't like things to be outside of their natural order. So keeping a gas trapped somewhere, like in a canister, although that may make sense to us as humans because we need it in there so that we can use it like hairspray or you know, whatever, uh, the universe sits there and says, why is this gas not spreading out? It's very right. unorganized. So the universe wants to organize it by spreading it out
0: kind of uh, like kind of
1: like when you put butter on toast you want to spread the butter that's what the that's what the universe wants to do and once you do the butter melts you can never put it back right, right. so
0: entropy flows
1: in one direction
0: so kind of like um like so like the law of diffusion would be <clears> a way to talk about, a way to describe uh entropy for like particles right
1: yeah, like moving from absolutely. an area
0: of high concentration to low concentration that's right. That's absolutely true. Gotcha. Okay, so I guess a, a real world kind of life example would be like, um, what's an example? Okay, um, I don't even know. I think the well, example you, you gave like, was pretty good though.
1: <laughs> you, you can think of like like uh, like if you have a dam at the top of a mountain holding water. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The water wants to flow down. That's naturally where it wants to go, lower to the ground. So we as humans are holding it back. We are creating. Mm
0: disorder okay, for the universe that makes sense the universe
1: wants to organize it by flowing it down doing what it naturally wants to
0: do gotcha so I once get- you get
1: it down there it's it's never going to naturally flow back up the hill.
0: gotcha you know I mean? okay so so i guess another a, a good example a kind of morbid example of this would be like if you, the reason you get pruny in the tub is because the water is absorbing into your skin and if you sit in the, if you sit in the tub long enough it will completely absorb into your skin and will eventually kill you um, because the water doesn't want to go around your body, it wants to occupy the space that your body is in. And given enough time, it will, because that's the natural—you know what I mean—the order of it or the entropy yeah. of your body. So in that way, you would be—we'd be discussing the entropy of your skin, I guess.
1: Yeah, the particles of water
0: versus your skin. Okay, right? that makes sense. And <laughs> entropy, as far as we know, based on the laws of physics, is limited to one direction, right?
1: Um, technically, it yes. Okay. It is. It's limited to the direction of wherever time is flowing.
0: Okay, but uh, now let me ask you this. So the way this movie talks about entropy, it seems to talk about entropy as if entropy itself is like a force to be manipulated. It, it, sort of. Yeah, because they say, oh, you know, like we have this equation – with these like radiated materials and stuff like that, that can reverse an object or a person's entropy. But an entropy is not like, it's not like, um, <laughs> uh, entropy, I would say, I guess, is a lot like, is somewhat like gravity. Am I, am I right in that? In, in, in the sense of like we can observe the effects of gravity and we can observe the effects of entropy, but entropy is not like a thing that, like, it's not like a magnetic polarity, right? Like it's not like a thing that you can like measure and then affect it and do something to change it, right?
1: As far as we know, no. We, right. we study entropy as a as a means of understanding the flow of energy in the universe, but it's just an abstraction that we study. It's not necessarily a real thing in the universe. It's right. an abstraction, like a construct that we have made to understand how systems flow. Gotcha. And the only reason we have it is because time. Uh, because time can flow, like technically, time flows forward, right? We, we all move forward through time. But time right. in our physics equations and in what we've observed doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Mm-hmm. So entropy disorder always happens as with time. So with enough time, water will all go down the hill. With enough time in the hot tub, your body will uh, come to equilibrium with the water around it, right? Right. With enough time, all the gas in the little aerosols will escape, hmm. right? Uh, yeah. But if if time were flowing backwards, then with enough time, yes, we would see entropy flow backwards if we could manipulate time.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So this
1: is where I think the movie like stumbles, is that they should have focused on time manipulation over entropy manipulation.
0: We'll see here that. And I think that is, see, I don't think, so you say stumble. I don't know if that's stumble because I think that's a conscious decision. The movie makes because what I think the perspective of this movie is, is I think this movie is a strong, not necessarily an argument, but from this movie's perspective, I don't think there is a multiverse. Um, From this perspective, from the, this movie's perspective, time is, this movie is is a humanistic movie in the sense of it has a very humanistic perspective of time. Whereas yeah. time is always, even though characters say things like you got to stop thinking linear, linearly and stuff like that, the movie is presented in a way where time is always from the perspective of a human character and yeah. specifically from our main character, the protagonist. Like We're always with his perspective. And from that lens, there is no multiverse. It is simply this movie basically posits, they don't say this, but I'm interpreting this from the movie. The movie is basically saying time is the distance from now. uh That is the distance from now that is created by us moving into the future, thus creating mm-hmm. the past. But there is essentially no, there is no past unless like there is a future, you know what I mean? So like, if you yeah. try to think about it as like, oh, I have a past self, you really don't. That past, that self is always you. It's just yeah. where – but it's from it, – it depends on where your perspective is at that given moment. You know what I mean? That's right. So it's like so the, the, there's the, only the, one timeline in terms of yeah. like history in this movie, yes. right? Do so I have that movie, right?
1: You're absolutely right. This Mm. movie posits a causal relationship of time. Right. So we're getting into The Matrix Reloaded all over again. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, this movie posits a causal relationship of time. Everything that happens now uh will affect what happens next and what has gone Mm -hmm. is gone we no longer have any cause for that so no longer is it bound by time right only by memory
0: and that and that's why the time travel quote unquote works the way that it does and i think that's why they chose to focus it on entropy because it's not as if the characters like time and space is this this you know membrane or like this dimension that we can move in and out of like you know like um interstellar for example where there's wormholes and stuff Time is fixed, and the only way you can go back in time, quote unquote, is by tra- is by traveling in reverse in real time. It's not like, but even then, the 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 past that you're in is only you. Basically, our characters never go to the past; they're only ever in right now. You know what I mean? Yes. And their right now changes depending on where they are, which is probably like. I mean, that's a very Buddhist way to present time. It's like, you know, the only thing that matters is right now. You know what I mean? I think that's the whole point of Robert Pattinson's character, like saying a bunch of times over and over. And I think it's because um, uh, uh, the protagonist has said it to him before in a time that we haven't seen yet. But uh, what's happened has happened. Yes. All that to say, like, not not that, oh, there's events that have happened in the past that we can go look at. It's what's happened has happened because we're here right now. You know what I mean? So like we can't definitely yeah
1: definitely they treat the past like it's a location to go to, like I'm gonna go to Disneyland and then stop by the past on the way home to pick up some milk. Right. They they don't really treat it like its own time and you're affecting a new timeline. So you're
0: absolutely right. You know what a good a good metaphor for this movie is? It's like the difference between so if you've ever edited on, like, iMovie or Final Cut or something like that where you can see the entire timeline and you can go take a clip from this point in the tape and, oh, no, take a clip from that point point, you can see the whole timeline, this movie denies that. This movie is like that's not what time is. Time is like a VHS tape. You have mm. where you are right now and you can play it and keep going or you can play it faster or you can rewind but you can never see the entire timeline. It's not – that is not possible, you know? Right. That's yeah. what this movie yeah. is saying. It's essentially we live in a VCR, VHS kind of world where you can go to the past, but if, if you rewind and press play, it's going to feel just like the present to you. There's no difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. yeah, absolutely. That's interesting.
1: Absolutely. absolutely. All right. And, All right. Well, there we go. We figured
0: it out. We solved it. I washed my hands of this. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> okay. So we know entropy. So and as far as so and we've decided and we've established that there's no way to you know it's not a a thing you can manipulate but that's the that's the magic we'll give to the movie. Yeah okay. yeah yeah. So, all right. So my next question is, let let's try to figure out how the if we can let's try to figure out how the the turntable door works. Um. So in the movie. They have these devices that they've set up around the world where you go into this, like, revolving turntable-style door where you go in one side, and when you come out the other side, you are – your entropy has been reversed or inverted, as they say, and you are yeah. now effectively moving backwards through time at the same rate as everyone else is moving forward in time. Um right. So, okay. So <laughs> – Uh, One element of this that was always confusing to me is I felt – so when you – when you they have this thing. What did they call it? It was like a something window, like an assurance window or something like that.
1: Yeah, I I don't know what they call it exactly. Yeah, they had like some
0: name for it. But essentially it was like a plate glass window where uh, um, Robert Pattinson's character tells John David Washington, he says, uh, if you don't see yourself on the other side uh, come out of the machine – don't go in because you didn't make it out or something like that right yeah Um, okay so what i'm confused is so there is no multiverse in this movie so we think but so then how are they able to see the other version of themselves go into the machine so if they are going in reverse so if you're
1: going forward through time Right, time keeps sticking forward for you. So let's say it takes you a minute to get into the machine. Like let's okay. say you walk real slow, takes you one whole minute to get in. And that minute that you're getting in, um, you're assuming that the moment you close the door, you're going to pop out the other side at the same minute. But since you're flowing backwards through time, the one minute it takes you to get out is actually the same one minute it takes you to get in. So as you start your minute to get in, you're already exiting the other side. Do you see what I'm saying? Because yes. it's like that same, like that same interval of time has to like squeeze in and squeeze out. Basically. It's like a tube of toothpaste feeding another tube, the tube of toothpaste. Like you gotta have it.
0: Yes. Okay. So and that's, I
1: th- that's how I interpret it. But yeah, no, yeah. I think,
0: I think you're right. And I think that that's one element of the movie that gets confusing is it's not really firmly established visually that like, Whatever you're doing at any given moment, like the inverted the things that are happening inverted are happening at the exact same time. Um yeah. that, that's never really it at least until the very end of the movie, it doesn't ever really feel like like that's established visually. Does that make sense? It always feels it always feels like you're uh it always feels like whatever's happening inverted is kind of just happening on its own schedule and it doesn't ever feel connected to like what's happening in regular time, you know?
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. I think that they, they don't establish that well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe it's part of like the, because in the movie they say that they're, they're running a pincer movement on this guy. So my assumption is that as the movie continues and as you get toward the end of the movie, um, you're, closing in on the pincer movement so the move the motion backward and forward through time is tighter because you're you're actually like converging onto the same point right mm-hmm. so that's how i attribute it but yeah, yeah they never established that really because when he's looking at the bullet on the table and they rewind it and then it's like see it's rewound and it's like that's nice but when you hit the rewind button on that like recording of you picking up that bullet or dropping that bullet you're not establishing exactly that, even though that that's rewound, it's still going forward through our time, and that's the part that right. really messes with
0: people. Yeah. So, so let's let's talk about the bullets for a second, shall we? Okay. Yeah. So I I was able to grasp the idea of human beings like being inverted much quicker than I was with the objects, because to me that the object part of it is what makes it too confusing. It kind of breaks it for me. Um, because I don't understand how people who are moving with with the flow of time are able to manipulate objects that are moving reverse through time. And it's seeming seemingly at will. And there's some kind of there's a training sequence that's in the trailer where, you know, the scientist lady is is telling the uh, the protagonist guy, uh, yeah, if you if you will, like it's basically she 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 picks up the the bullet in reverse off the table, it, like zips up into her hand. And then he's like, how'd you do that? And she says some line about like, uh, you have to have already done it. uh, But like in his, like, I guess you had to have already have made the decision that you're going to pick it up or something or yeah. drop it.
1: <laughs> you had to have had the conviction that you already did it. But see, so that's, so, gonna do that's it. so squirrely though. Yeah. Because, because you're basically saying every bullet that is shot in reverse interacting with a forward or forward going backward and uh, like going into reverse is someone is sitting there going, I'm going to shoot hundred bullets through this machine gun. And I will, that they all have already landed on their targets from beforehand. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah. That, that, that to me, I mean, it's that, that is the part where it's like, okay, this doesn't make any sense because it's like, where are like, why would you ever have an inverted gun? Where are the bullets? You know what I mean? Yeah. The whole idea of an inverted gun is that, The bullets are out of the gun and they they kill you by zipping back into the gun through your target but that doesn't make any sense (laughs) like that or it it makes sense but that doesn't it's not it's not functionally like it's much more efficient to just use a regular gun
1: yeah like not reverse the gun, just leave it in the room and pick up another gun wherever you are at. Yeah,
0: just pick up a gun and <laughs> shoot someone. Why do you need to do the reverse gimmick?
1: <laughs> yeah, like to me, that 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 was the one part that I was always like, why is it worse to get shot in reverse? Like,
0: yeah, they do have a throwaway line where they say like, oh yeah, you wouldn't want to be shot in reverse. That'd be that'd be terrible. But yeah, I mean, would it be any gets, worse than getting shot regularly?
1: <laughs> the guy gets wounded, like the protagonist gets wounded. And they're like, whoa, is that a reverse wound? <laughs> And they make, like, a whole scene about it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, dang, what's going to happen to that guy? Oh, my gosh. Is that going to, like, tear a hole in space time? What is happening?
0: I think this – nothing w- else. I might say something very controversial here. I think this movie could have functioned entirely fine without the idea of inverted objects or specifically inverted weapons. Because I think it's just like that, as a scientist, that would have been the first thing you'd be like, oh, what if we inverted a gun? Well, that's just ridiculous. Ah, oh, you're right. Let's move on and see if we can do people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I understand why, from a filmmaking standpoint, when you're trying to sell this movie to Warner Brothers or whatever, why yeah, you no, would it, want to have inverted weapons. Because, oh, we can shoot people in reverse. That's so cool. But like that element of the movie just kind of makes it all just a little bit more confusing and unnecessarily, I think.
1: It's underthought because yeah. as soon as he, the protagonist goes into reverse for like the final, not the final, but like the second uh, leading to the, the climax scene, um, he goes into reverse into driving a car or whatever. And the world isn't reversed. The car isn't reversed. Exactly. And he splashes a puddle. So he's interacting with the world forward in reverse. And we're looking at it and going, oh, that's trippy. And it makes sense but as soon as you pick up a gun that's already been reversed and shoot it forward through time and it reverse shoots out of a, and you're like you're way overthinking this at this point you you got to just pick up the gun and shoot man
0: yeah i yes totally like yes i uh i agree 100% um i think also i think there should have been more because okay let me ask you this if you're intro- so if you we had this device that could reverse the entropy of a person and you can move backwards through the flow of time right wouldn't okay. you wouldn't everything switch so like wouldn't left be right and right be left um
1: technically yeah so uh, so so if you reverse time does that mean that left and right are reversed if i move forward, my hand forward in time to shake someone's hand if if I do that in reverse, I just shake and pull back right like did, did I shake up first or down first? I shake down first because forward I shake up then down and so yeah, yeah, everything would be reversed.
0: Wait, let me ask you this. okay i I think if I'm right about what I'm thinking about right now, I may this may be the best movie ever and and, and I'm just not aware of it. Okay, so with all the reversed weapons and stuff like that, so and and given that we know the ending of the movie, does that mean in order to use the reverse gun, does that mean that the protagonist would have to have already have done this before? Like, but in forward,
1: would already have had done this in because forward if
0: the way because uh, so if an inverted gun, right? Um, can you just pick up any random inverted gun and then summon the bullet back to the gun where no matter where it is, even if you can't see where the bullet is?
1: Yeah, or what kind of bullet or anything. So if that is true, then the movie is is in the circle of the only reason the protagonist is the protagonist is because he's the one who did it.
0: Right, so that's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm wondering if this movie is... If this movie is, so basically the protagonist has, the reason why the past version or the current version of the protagonist that we see is able to fire the gun, you know, the reversed gun is because a version of him that exists in the future has already shot that gun at this point in history. So
1: my only problem. And we're just watching one
0: cycle of it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And my only issue with that is that at the beginning, we said that this movie establishes the theme of causal time. Right. There is no path. Point. Right. So then we would be saying that even though this movie believes causal time, the movie is acting as though causal time isn't real and showing us the point of view of the past. Right. So it's like violating its own tenet
0: in a sense. <laughs> and yeah. And then that's why I think the 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 reversing of objects is just is an element they should have just taken out of the movie because it makes it undercuts what the really profound thing that I think the movie is trying to do, you know, in saying that, you know, we found a way to travel through time, but Mm -hmm. but not in a way where you can just jump around through time. Your perspective stays the same. You're just moving backwards through the timeline, but in the same amount of time as everyone else. So, like, when you go back in time, like uh, the moment you reverse your your you know your entropy mm-hmm. the rest of the world is still moving forward in that same amount of time and in order to get back you you still are the same person so if i so if you reverse my entropy right now and i lived for another 10 years right i would be 10 years older but but 10 years in the past from right now right right or actually no, I would be 10 years no. older right now. Yes. Yes. Which which is <laughs> which is nuts if you think about it because like so if you and I had a had a, had a, a tenant machine, right? Or we could reverse our entropy. And <laughs> so so and only I went in, right? right? And I came back the other side. Wait. I'm confusing myself. So wait. Okay. So yes. Okay. So if I go in the tenant machine, right. And I, and I go back in the tenant machine and I live for another 10 years, there is going, there shouldn't there be a version of me that's 10 years older in the room with you now, all of a sudden? Um, because if, if, if I, so sorry, let me rephrase this. So I, so I'm, I'm clear for the audience. So if I went into the tenant machine and then lived 10 years in the room that we're in, Uh, and then, and you know, cause I'm like, I gotta, I gotta 10 years from now, I gotta find that moment where Luke is. I would like in the moment that the current version of me goes into the turntable, another version of me that's 10 years older would come out or would come into the room with the, with the other, with the two of you. So there'd be three of us. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: So you'd be leaving, right? And then the other guy would be walking in like, Hey, what's up? So
0: yeah. And I'd be, (laughs) and I would be 10 years older and you would be still your same age. Yeah, basically. Right. So, do we ever see that happen where there's like three people? No. Okay. No,
1: the most we see is just the two. Okay. Right. Yes. Yeah, there's just the two. So, so yeah, I I don't. Yeah, no, we don't see the three. Un, no, no, we don't see the three. Okay. We just
0: see the two. And I I guess that's because they never really go back. Like there would be no reason to, like go back to the same spot. Okay.
1: No, I mostly go back a week and then like. They're they're like careful to write themselves out of that paradox,
0: right? right? Yeah. Okay, that's very interesting. Okay, <clears throat> so and okay, so here's some more sciencey stuff I wanted to ask you. So there's a there's a when the you know the basically the third act of the movie is, um, really, it's kind of like the second act. Uh, well, really, there's four acts in this movie, but yeah, <laughs> let's just call I mean, it the let's like just call that climax. Yeah, let's call it the second act where um, John David Washington goes in reverse for the first time, and yeah. it, this is like the the plane sequence and all of that, right? The the air, yeah. airplane hangar and all that, which I think is a masterful sequence. But that being said, um, so John David Washington is is inverted, and they give him the spiel about okay, so when you go backwards, you're going to be experiencing the time is still flowing normally, but you will experience it. Uh, it's going to be weird for you because you're moving backwards. Right. So they say your lungs cannot respirate, you know, inverted air or, or your inverted lungs can't respirate normal air. So they give him his own oxygen that I'm assuming has been inverted as well. Somehow. Somehow. Okay. Wh- why is that it,
1: a it thing? An Inverted person breathe it out and it actually like breathed out oxygen and so and someone's sitting there collecting it, like, yeah, yeah, put it right here.
0: <laughs> so so let me ask you, scientist, uh, Luca Lon Science Mon, why yeah. wouldn't his lungs be able to breathe normally? I don't know. Uh, Is I the mean, idea pop- that his lung cause they say they give him oxygen. So yeah. but if his lungs were reversed, he'd be breathing in carbon dioxide and or carbon monoxide, whichever one we breathe out, and then breathing in he'd breathe in carbon dioxide and expel oxygen.
1: Well, if he's reversed. So he's still, like, from his point of view, he's still breathing in, breathing out. Right. And the particles are just sitting in the air. Right. So, as long as he, I mean, I I don't see why it's like his clothing, like, like his clothing isn't going to fall right off him. Like, right. Like,
0: because it's not inverted clothing. Yeah. Come on. You know, you know why I think they did that? I think they did that for two reasons. One, so that there would be – in the real world – so in the regular world, there would be a way to tell the people who are introverted – introverted, yeah. sorry, in, in, inverted, uh, and so they can have like uh, something that's clearly – okay, they, that person's inverted because he has a mask on. Um, yeah, for rewatch value and stuff. Right, and second of all, I think they did it because they needed a way to um, obscure faces conveniently when they are trying to hide – like certain reveals for later in the movie, like in that scene right. where John David Washington fights himself, like he can't know that it's him. So they needed to right. have a reason to put a mask on him. But I think that was the wrong choice for a number of reasons, but I think it was a bad choice because it, it opens up the door to a lot of questions about how the world works when you're inverted that don't need to be asked, but they asked yeah. them by saying that your lungs can't. <laughs> so like if his lungs can't breathe normal air, cause he's inverted, why can he see like, why do his eyes work? Like, why doesn't he fall through the earth, you know? Just, oh, yeah. damn, the ground. Yeah, why Why is there – and then there's some, like, throwaway line about gravity. What did she say about gravity? I, I don't remember,
1: but it's like, gravity is the same. That's what she said. She's like, <laughs> no, don't worry about gravity.
0: Yeah, why gravity's would gravity blurred. be the same? Like, it just – there's a lot of questions. You're like, uh, all right, you didn't uh, really need to even bring this stuff up, but since you did. Yeah, yeah no one asked, man. Like, just move on. And also, if your Problem entropy man. is inverted – wouldn't you age in reverse as well
1: i mean if your entropy is inverted what that would mean for you as an organism full of bacteria that when you die and you decompose yeah your entropy is going out like flowing out and you are you are dissolving uh so if you are inverted doesn't that mean that you are becoming more rigid because you are more dense pulling yourself off from the universe like yeah I, yeah. Why don't you become a diamond and then just like sit there like, oh dang, I can't move anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, that I mean that's that's seemingly what would happen. Um, I thought <laughs> it was either going to be something like that or like you age, like you uh, get younger or something. That's what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought they were going to do something like that. Like I thought eventually, like one of them would like get stuck being inverted and like would become a child. I I thought at some there was one point where. <laughs> So there was one point where I thought Robert Pattinson's character was a younger version of the villain. Oh, that's interesting. I thought that. that now I knew that they had different accents, but I'm like, you can pick up a different accent at some point, or you could fake an accent. Yeah. Um, so there was a point where I thought, because I knew, I so basically in this whole in this movie, there's a guy, an inverted, a, a seemingly not well. You don't know he's inverted, but there is a soldier uh, or a guy who keeps appearing in with a backpack on that keeps helping John David Washington. And it ev- eventually is revealed that it's Robert Pattinson and he's been, uh, he's inverted, uh, traveling back to help. Um, well, he's now moving forward, but he had inverted to go back and help John David Washington, uh, yeah. in, in, in the now time. Um, so I thought, <laughs> so I thought at some point, like, that maybe this was um, the villain of the movie who, you know, had some kind of change of heart in the future and decided to reverse himself and, you know, became younger in that process. But once, like, it became clear that the reversing your, in- in- your entropy doesn't make you younger, I was like, okay, he's got to be someone else.
1: Um, yeah. No, but I, I like that because what if he, like sets off the bomb at the end of the movie and then says like I regret everything and then becomes
0: that's what Batman. I that's what I thought was was where the movie was headed um it's fine that it didn't go that way i mean that was just something i thought but uh yeah so <laughs> man all right so <laughs> <laughs> so one other thing that uh i had i not an issue but like one of the things that was kind of confusing about it was or here we can now that we're in spoilers we can kind of get to where some of the things that i was like ah, uh, he kind of was showing his hand there um in the sequence where robert pattinson and the protagonist are trying to infiltrate this uh this airport storage facility and they they come across you know two guys in like swat outfits and they're fighting them like, at that point, it was so very clear to me that, like, <laughs> that, you know, they were fighting either future versions of themselves or future versions of one of them. Mm. It became very clear to me that, like, okay, Chris Nolan is trying his best to, like, hide this from us, but but there's a law of diminishing returns for trying to hide something to where it becomes obvious you're trying to hide something, and then it's yeah. like, okay we you so this this is the scene we're going to come back to eventually um now i think they did a good job through editing to like not like once we're out of that sequence and we're making our way back um inverted i think they did a good they did a good job of like cleverly editing to make to make it a little less obvious when we get there and that we're seeing it from a different from like that inverted perspective i thought that was cool But I think the first time around when we're going through it in regular speed, I'm like, it's clear that they're hiding something in this scene. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, so in that scene, the first time we see it, I could swear that the dude that uh, the protagonist is fighting mm-hmm. falls through the foil and into the engine of the airplane and dies.
0: Yeah, I so I rewound that so, a few so times. So when they
1: were... Yeah, and so when they were going in reverse, I was like, "Wait, doesn't he die here? Is this the end of the movie?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I rewound that, so I don't. I rewound it a few times because I was very confused. I don't think he ever goes into the engine. I don't think that's ever made clear. But it, it, it does. They, the way they edited, it it does show a correlation between the engine coming back together and him being like sucked yeah. out into the salt. So, yeah, that was that was a that was <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah, there's oh man, there's just so much to this movie um yeah what did you
1: i genuinely think that nolan sat there and said like forget the editing just keep going if you go forward enough you'll go backwards again (laughs) like
0: (laughs) yeah uh honestly i think the way he came up with the idea for this movie is like what's a different because i i think he he likes time travel i think he likes the idea of it uh you can tell by the other his other movies that like he time travel is probably something that interests him (laughs) uh and I think, especially with Interstellar, I think that one, like playing with time in that movie was like a, a he played with time in, in a way in that movie that I've never seen before that like for dramatic effect that I thought was really powerful, yeah. um, like yeah. with the and whole idea grounded. of time dilation and all of that.
1: Yeah. Very it, grounded, very, uh, very accurate. Yeah. And it, it never made me stop and go, wait a second. And this movie has a lot of that where I'm sitting there going, hold on. Let me just catch up
0: here. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's because I think so some a lot of this falls on Nolan and the you know, some of this being very confusing. But I think a lot of it falls on too like the vocabulary of time travel that we have in movies is always like wormhole style or time machine mm-hmm. to where you just jump from one point to the other. And in this movie, I'm sure the way he thought of this movie was okay, what's a way we've never seen time travel? Okay, what if there was a way to time travel, but instead of jumping from point A to point B, you had to just do it in real time? And I right. think that is an interesting idea. Um, and then, of course, naturally out of that arises the idea of what if we're telling a story forwards in time, and we but we're also watching a movie that's happening reverse in time, but we don't know it until the end. Um, right. Yeah, I, I like that. I think... So I think the biggest thing that undercuts that in this movie is that they jump around to so many different locations. Yeah. To where, like, you don't ever really – so, like, even when we go back to certain places, like, in the inverted time and we're seeing the the timelines converge, like, some of the places, because we've jumped around, don't even feel familiar yet because we've only been there once and that was an hour ago. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs)
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's definitely dis- discombobulated in terms of setting. Like, yeah, there, there, there's no reason for there to be so many, like, I understand at the end why there's like an oil rig, at the beginning,
0: right? And then, like, the, yeah,
1: why'd you go to the hospital to talk to that one chick, in like New York for no reason? Like, yeah, you could have just had that in like Amsterdam or wherever the heck the rest of the movie takes place.
0: I I wonder if there's a version if you could do a version of of this kind of story where like it's it's there's time travel, but it happens in real time, and we're watching a, a timeline moving forward and a timeline moving backward, and we're seeing them converge on each other. I wonder if there's a way to tell that story that takes place in one location, because I think that would be, I, I think, is. yeah, I think that would be really interesting, and I think it'd be really, uh, really a more powerful story, um, to see that happen in one place or like a few places, you know, not all over the world like this movie, <laughs> in a lot of places that American audiences have never even seen. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think you
1: could tell a story like a like a Black Hawk Down type of story, mm-hmm. and have you know like a pincer movement to get these guys out of there, and it's all in one location, very mm-hmm. succinct, and have all these ideas play out. And it sounds because the uh, the whole fourth act is essentially uh, a rescue operation slash mm-hmm. you know uh, like a, a, a heist all yeah. in one. Yeah, and it's like that all takes place in one place, and it is like fifty minutes or forty minutes, and it's fantastic, and it makes me want to watch more of that.
0: Yeah, I I wonder I wonder at what point that sequence got added to the script because it feels very tacked on and not necessarily in a bad way. It just feels so different than the rest of the movie. Uh, yeah, I wonder if I wonder if that was added by you know chris nolan or whoever wrote the movie just because they had the idea or if like the studio asked for some kind of big final um fights like final action piece you know yeah
1: no i i agree yeah. I, I i don't know why there is four acts in this movie
0: yeah so oh, uh, so look, we, should, we should explain it we should explain it for people who haven't seen it so the third so the way that the third act of this movie ends it feels like the end of the movie is you know the protagonist has been inverted and goes back to the you know the airplane heist sequence uh, to to finish basically finishing that heist off without a hitch and and getting the uh, the uh, the the final piece of the thing that they need right? Yep. And then, but for some reason, <laughs> they have to go and find where like. Do you remember what that that the, the, what they're fighting over the sequence at the end?
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's an algorithm. So it's like they gave it physical shapes so that yeah. no one person can put it together unless like you put it together on the right, like a Rubik's cube. Like and right, you split all the little cubes up, uh, and so they're fighting over that, right? Like mm-hmm. the last piece of the Rubik's cube.
0: Yeah, and for and some it. reason they have to go back to some throwaway point in time that. Uh, you know, the villain had a, a meaningful moment with his wife, who's a character in the movie, and that happens to be in, in what Vietnam was that? Uh yeah. I, I think that where was that? I think it was Vietnam, is what they said. It's
1: like Kalulumpur, like Yeah, like some <laughs> random
0: some random place. And then they have this big for some reason there's a whole army, like tenant the organization tenant has like a whole army of soldiers that are trying to combat the villain's army and get the last piece of the thing. But like, it's like, where did all these people come from? And like, it's just (laughs) like, I wonder if they like stop someone. They're like, go
1: back in time. Like, Asan, go in your chamber, invert yourself. And then like, while you're going, I'll be like, wait, come here. And like, (laughs) go into that chamber and invert yourself. And there's like four Asans pop out all like forward and backward. And I'm like, all right. Yeah.
0: Your group a <laughs> yeah I yeah I don't I, I really miss that part like where all these soldiers came from like where they I guess some of them were recruited you know in our time in regular time and they've never seen the future they just are recruited mercenaries or whatever yeah and then there are but there are a significant number of them who are from the future who have been inverted like that Ives guy that's yep. like leading the squadron and stuff like that yeah,
1: yeah, he's inverted for sure.
0: Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's all very strange. <laughs> so it's, they have... Uh, to, it, sorry, it's go not, ahead.
1: No, it's not explained. It's it's just, uh, you know, let's just have an army now. Go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so they have an army now, and there's helicopters and storage containers and all this crazy stuff, and they have this big epic fight scene with inverted weapons and stuff like that, and there's a sequence where basically Robert Pattinson's character... In order to get the last piece of the thing, he has to sacrifice himself and take a bullet for the protagonist so that the protagonist can get out of there. Um, and But the version – so when they get down there, Robert Pattinson's body is already there uh, because Robert Pattinson is on the inverted team and yeah. they are on the regular moving team. There's two armies. One is inverted and one is regular. And Robert Pattinson's with the inverted ones. So when they get down there, there's already the body of a soldier. The audience, well, we, we don't know who it is, but it's Robert Pattinson's body laying there. And uh, so they struggle with the, one of the bad guys, like lieutenants or whatever. And um, they see uh, Robert Pattinson uh, come down and like, <laughs> it's very confusing, but he like takes a bullet for him. And then, but there's another version of Robert Pattinson that pulls them out of, uh, the the hole right before the bomb blows up and saves their lives. Yeah. So how is there another version of him in that moment? I like I tell you, I think they just duplicated
1: everybody by, the inverted people, uh-huh. like having them. Do, so I always ask myself in that scene, like, why are you doing all this? Like, what do you? Why are the inverted people here? And I think that half of the reason they're there. Is like they're all running. Like you see them running backwards, and it's like, where where were you running from? And like a part of me thinks like they all just came from an inversion chamber, and they were all like the <laughs> forward troops inverted back, because Robert Pattinson suddenly decides to go back and get uninverted because right. he's dead.
0: <laughs> and then so, he's like,
1: later we'll so, have some good times. Yes. So I think but, the hard, so the
0: the hard part to understand the hard part about understanding this movie from a visual standpoint is, and we mentioned this earlier, but the idea is that the invert the the stuff that's inverted, that's happening is only ever happening at the exact same time as the regular stuff is happening. So, so the soldiers that there's, so when our regular team gets there, uh, our team that's moving forward in time gets there uh, to the the siege on you know Vietnam or whatever <laughs> when they get there they see the inverted soldiers running backwards out of out of the battle right yes and so they're like finishing the battle like helping the thing escape i guess right so like they so like the inverted so the inverted part of the mission is happening at the same time as See, that doesn't make any sense though. Okay, so the oh, well, so does that mean everyone who's an inverted soldier was part of the mission in in their in you know their perspective, they were already part of that mission going forward? That's
1: what I'm thinking. Like they did the forward part and they so the forward part is go get the thing. Right. Right, go get the MacGuffin. The bat the, yeah. the inverted part is they got the MacGuffin. Let's get the heck out of here. Yeah, and the reason it's inverted is because they're trying to escape through time, and not just continue linearly through time forward. So right. I'm assuming that's it. So they go back to their thing, hop in their inversion pot, and fly off to another side of the universe or something. I don't know, but um, and so my guess is that all the people who survived the forward, like the forward flow of time, then went back uh-huh. and got inverted, and then came back to do the inverted part.
0: Gotcha. And so, oh wait.
1: What's confusing is that they show their training montages simultaneously, uh-huh. but they cannot be happening simultaneously. One of them has to be happening after, right? And before, and
0: th- and that's that's the hard part about about trying to show this visually is that, yeah. So we're we're watching the perspective of our main character, and we and we're on a fixed point. In, in time right we're in a fixed point in in history we're in the current moment going forward that's it even when we're going back we're doing so from a fixed perspective in time we're doing yeah. so we're we're moving now the moment now back but it's still now so a time is basically in this movie time is a dot uh, for now with an arrow pointing forward you can move yeah. that dot back if you'd like 10 years but you're still only just a dot now moving forward correct right yeah 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 so yeah. That would mean if (laughs) so, in that would mean if, if technically what it means is even if you move that dot and arrow pointing forward back, there is no what they're trying to, there is no back anymore. Like, there is only even if you move it back, then where you start now is the new beginning of the future. So like, yeah. but the hard part about that is when you're trying to show something in a movie that is happening, um, that that has already happened in the future. Like when you're when you're trying to communicate that something has already happened in the future, it feels like the past because it's already happened. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so like, it's hard to explain. But like, when do you get what I'm trying to say? I do. Like, so Robert Pattinson... Like, remember that thing part. that happened in the future? You know what I mean? Like, that's what this movie does a lot of. And it feels very confusing to try to show that on screen. Like, yeah, when so the Robert future Pattinson, starts to feel like the past.
1: Robert Pattinson describes, like, why this algorithm was created and, and why the scientists decided to do this. And he talks about it like, well, back in the future, we uh, did this thing and the scientists discovered that thing. And, and we found out that, like, the world sucks because... Right because back now, the world sucks. <laughs> and so, therefore, back in the future, they decided to end the world back now. And it's like, what the freak? <laughs>
0: what are right. you talking about? Right, and and also, it's hard to... They never really make this clear. And I, maybe I need to watch it again, because maybe I missed it. But they don't. I don't think they ever made it clear if the soldiers were... The inverted soldiers, if they were just from the future and were inverted and are still inverted... And so they've just been, you know, at some point in the future, they inverted and they just stayed that way until they reached this point in history. Or if they were inverted past this point in history, behind that point, and then switched to moving forward. Does that make sense? Yeah, so they they do mention
1: that in the movie. Okay. And and it's visually shown in the fact that, like, they move in sealed containers. So people... People coming backward, you know that they're coming backward because you always see them indoors, never interacting outside because they can't interact outside the particles, but somehow they can trap the air in a container and invert the whole container somehow. Don't ask.
0: Gotcha. But yeah. So everybody so, so being carried in a shipping it, container is inverted. Exactly.
1: So they're carrying it in a shipping container and they inverted all the way through a week before the airplane scene. And then, so, they're in the shipping container going to the airport. And then from that but point the, on... But, the, but the, the,
0: the, p- the helicopters that are carrying the shipping containers are not inverted. They're regular helicopters. They're, carrying yeah. inverted people.
1: Only the interior of the container is inverted <laughs> for <some reason>. <laughs> Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know how. There's a thin molecular inversion window where, like, you touch it and, like, you might die. I don't know.
0: So, okay. So, that I guess that makes sense to me. Okay. So... I have uh, maybe just one one or two other questions. So, Robert Pattinson, right? Let's get into this. Robert Pattinson is... Okay, so he is, you know, uh, John David Washington's um, new colleague that he meets. We find out at the end of the movie, Robert Pattinson is actually from the future, and yep. he has inverted back enough time to where he can meet John David Washington going forward. Right. Right. Um, so, and in the future, the, so the person who recruit, who recruits um, Robert Pattinson in the future to be a part of tenant is actually our protagonist, a future version yeah. of him. So I have a question. Why did the, the protagonist not just invert to, maybe he dies maybe but see i feel like that's a that's um (laughs) that is a i think that's a big plot hole because it would be it seems to me it would be much easier of a movie of a or of a mission let's just say it may not be as good as of a movie but it may be it would be a much easier mission instead of hey hey luke can you go back in time find my my uh you got to go back in time uh 30 years uh invert you know because how how long how long in the future does he create tenant do we know so i think what
1: one way to look at it is in the movie they mentioned that uh robert Panson's character mentions that if um if you if you know something is if you know something that you didn't know back when you were doing something it might change the outcome So, like if you had future knowledge in the past, you're so he mentions that that it might
0: change the future.
1: He says, That's why I didn't tell you that I'm from the future because it would have it might have changed your decisions, and your decisions are what get us to this point. So, maybe future tenant is so good. I mean, future protagonist is so good at being tenant that uh, he uh, knows that he'll get there, and he just sends Robert Pattinson back and says, Hey, just uh, dodge, help me dodge this bullet. And uh, help me bungee jump
0: upside down up to this building or something. And then we're good. <laughs> so, but let me get this straight. Because, uh, so, if so, you know, 50 years in the future or whatever, Robert Pattinson is recruited by uh, the protagonist <laughs> to go back in time and stop this from happening, right? When, yeah. ro- when Robert Pattinson gets inverted in the future, there's no version of him that gets left behind in the future, right? That version has been inverted.
1: That. Unless at the end of the movie, Robert Pattinson decides to go back. And if that's what I think that's, what's happening because at the end of the movie, he says goodbye, like, Hey, we'll get, we'll get into some stuff. And he goes back to the future. My assumption was that Robert Pattinson goes back to the future to take the bullet for the protagonist.
0: But like how, how can point, you, how can, back, can you go says, back to the future? Though?
1: He goes back to the, the future tenant, a uh, future protagonist says mission accomplished. We got the thing.
0: But how, uh, how does he do that, though?
1: I mean, in the helicopter? I have no idea. <laughs> no, but like... but he's... At some point, he's got to die in that bunker. So my assumption was that at
0: the end but, of the movie... But when that, no, that the already happened, part, though, didn't it?
1: Well, it did according to the protagonist's timeline, but not according to Robert Pattinson's timeline. But, so Robert Pattinson, for example, can go back to, the, back to the future, tell the protagonist, we did it, we got the thing, everything's good, I have to go take a bullet. But and how does he go? go I don't understand up.
0: how he goes back to the future, though. You, you mean how far into the future are you talking? You mean like back to the protagonist that starts Tenet in the future? Yeah. How, how does he get there, though? Isn't that like far off from where we are right now?
1: If they have a machine to bring him back, like, you remember how he says, like, you have to watch yourself coming in the other side? Uh-huh. So maybe he knows that he ha- he goes back. So he has a machine. He knows that machine will take him back exactly to where he needs to be. And he goes back to the future protagonist.
0: Oh, but don't you think that's like, if they had a machine that can take you to the future, don't you think that they should have included that in the movie? <laughs> it seems like a I big mean, plot there, to there's me. Got,
1: there's got to be a way, right? Like...
0: Oh, you I, know I what? Know. Oh, you know what I no, I think what I I think I figured it out. I think what Robert Pattinson is saying is I think what he's about to go do is about to go invert again and he's going to go back to the moment where he has to go and take the bullet for him because he he has to do it to complete like to to keep the cycle going. Does that make sense? Because yeah, it yeah, is yeah. so in our movie the version that we're watching where they're having this final conversation, that is the version of Robert Pattinson that in in every in, in in every iteration of this that is the version of Robert Pattinson that goes in and takes the bullet and opens the gate for them yeah he's the
1: one who's lived it
0: all already right and he and he knows that that if you know if yeah but see <laughs> so
1: that, to close the loop he's got to to loop back and be able to keep moving forward he's he's the one who's got to go back take the bullet closes the loop move on everyone else moves on
0: right because is there a, is there another Robert Pattinson somewhere after uh, uh, besides this one in our current situation that has to go back and die?
1: I mean, there's got to be one somewhere in the world because he tells him he'll find him one day. So there's got to be – Neil has to be out there somewhere doing a covert mission right
0: now. Oh, that's right. Because if there's a future version of Robert Pattinson that has inverted and come back to now, there's some other Robert Pattinson in the world that hasn't met him yet. Yeah. Got you.
1: Okay. So that makes so Maybe he he might even be a kid. And grow up to be Robert Pattinson. So you see what I'm
0: saying? it's funny that you say that. I was watching. Uh, I've been watching uh, Tenet explained videos for like the past couple nights because I've been going mad trying to understand this movie. Um, <laughs> there, there's a theory that, and I don't know what it's based on, but there's a theory that the the boy, the the boy of the the son of the villain, is oh. is the kid version of Robert Pattinson.
1: We're never told his name, huh?
0: No, we're never told his name and I I forget I'm going to go back and rewatch it and uh rewatch the video that I watch and see what the clues are and then I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll text you what the clues are. But uh yeah. Or see if you can find it. <laughs> because that I think that is crazy. And I think but I think it's plausible though. That's something Chris Nolan would do.
1: Oh, the the kid is named Max
0: in the movie. Right.
1: So there is a theory, but, um,
0: what does the theory say?
1: The theory is that, yeah, that, that Neil is a surname taken by Max as he grows up like a, a name.
0: Okay. Yeah. But, that's interesting. I'll have to watch. Cause there was one video I was watching that said that the movie hints at actually hints at that being a young Neil. So I'll, I'll go, I'll go and look and see, uh, and see oh, look,
1: the, the main, the main actor, uh, John David Washington,
0: uh, agrees with that
1: theory. Apparently he sta- made a statement saying that I think this is also true.
0: Yeah, that I mean that would make a lot of sense. That would be a nice a nice little thing to. You know what yeah. would have been really cool? Now hear me out. What <laughs> I what I would have done in this movie, right? Uh, if I had the opportunity, if if Christopher Nolan was like, hey, do you want to direct uh, a, a mid credit sequence for this movie, right? I'd be like, sure, Chris Nolan, I'll do it for free. The scene I would do, right, is I would do. Um, I would do Max. I would do Max. Like, I, I would do a younger version of uh, – of um, I would do Robert Pattinson, right?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, I would do uh, Robert Pattinson. Maybe he. You can, maybe you can even age him up a little bit to make the ages match, but you'll see where I'm going in a second. So I'd have Robert Pattinson standing – so I'd, I'd fade basically – so the last shot would be on that school with Max and then the mom, you know, happily ever after, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Mid-credits, it pops back up to the school and then like a date comes up like something 20 years later or whatever you know and you see Robert Pattinson there he's older uh you know he's whatever however many years later it's just this, or much later whatever it is it's later you see Robert Pattinson he's standing out in front of that school reminiscing right and uh, and then he hears a voice behind him and he says uh uh you know some kind of line about what's something clever that they say to each other uh what's that thing they keep saying from Casablanca uh um I forget, but there's like some yeah. line that the CIA people say to each other. They're like, yeah, there's not many friends at dawn or something like that. It is something like that, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have him say something like that. And, uh, uh, and then he'd be, and then have the voice behind him say, I want to talk to you about something called Tenet or whatever. He turns around and who's standing there, but an older version of John David Washington played by Denzel Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Come <laughs> on, Luke because <laughs> you know you know he's Denzel's son right
1: that's dope man
0: I didn't know that till halfway in
1: the movie and I'm like man I don't know who this guy is but I freaking love the way he's acting yeah he's I'll Denzel Washington's
0: son that would be crazy you give him the same beard you gonna know, put a beard on him oh my god that'd be sick and that's the that's the version of him that recruits him in the future that'd be so tight it-
1: I think that if I were to tell uh, Christopher Nolan, like, excuse me, Mr. Nolan, with my movie making expertise, let me tell you something. Uh, I would, I would get rid of uh, uh, the protagonist. I would get rid of his character and make like, you can keep the actor and make him Neil and just follow Neil backward through time forward. And the movie ends with him killing himself, like taking the bullet. Yeah. And we would watch a succinct movie about a heist and it would be backwards and forwards and upside down, and
0: all makes sense. Yeah, but, but then there wouldn't be a big twist in Act Three, Luke.
1: And there wouldn't be a protagonist.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, no, that that was great. Well, thank you for helping me uh, put my brain through a blender. I appreciate it, Luke. Uh, uh, this movie makes a little bit more sense to me now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Like the the reason I have so much fun with it is because it's it's rare to see. Uh, original films that have such original concepts and i love superhero movies i love big blockbuster movies but i'm tired of watching things explode seeing things explode in reverse was for a dumb reason surprisingly refreshing and i loved it
0: (laughs) yes i agree uh also i just had one more quick thought that uh he should have been if if the driving scene when he's inverted the protagonist when he's driving, he should be facing the same way as all the other cars, but the other cars should be moving in reverse and he's moving forward. Right, but yeah, that wasn't I, the I, way that I, it happened, though.
1: I think that it's it's pitched. I don't know why the the driving scene to me seemed odd because no one should be backwards. He's going down the same road, right?
0: Like, yeah. I mean, like I know, if, if anything, it, all the other cars if if anything all the other cars should be they should be going the same like direction but the car should be moving backwards and he's moving forward from his perspective yeah. and then from everybody else's perspective it's the opposite
1: yeah so in in the going forward through time the first time we see it um the car is moving like down the other side of the street like it's coming against traffic right so it should be head to head yes and the truck for some reason is moving backwards yes and it's like, okay, head-to-head head I understand because you're on the wrong side of the road driving right. backwards through time. Why is the truck backwards? I don't <laughs> know. Driving in reverse backwards through time?
0: Yeah, like, that doesn't make sense. You're
1: I mean, double reversing, bro. That's forward again.
0: Yes, it, yes. Yes, if, if someone is driving on the same side of the road as you but they're moving backwards in time, their car should be going in reverse but in the same direction as you, you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So I I didn't get that.
0: No, but uh, thank you, Luke. I appreciate it. Uh, Time is short tonight. I appreciate you for um, for joining me. This was great. I got to have you back on. We'll talk about more science stuff and talk about maybe talk about a little bit what's going on in the world right now and we'll we'll figure it out. Um, But until then, I appreciate you, Luke. Where can people find you online?
1: Uh, you, you can find me on Instagram, art by Lucalon, uh, and uh, that's pretty much it right now. Cool. Just uh, launched a web comic this year, so been working nice. on that.
0: Nice. You, you want to plug the um, name of the webcomic?
1: It's just art by Lucalon. It's about me, my life as a teacher, as a dad, as uh, everything crazy that's going on in the world.
0: There it trying is. Kind of makes
1: sense of it. And I'd love to be back and I'd love to talk about those things.
0: Absolutely. Crazy, time, crazy times. Crazy uh, times. Thanks, Luke. You can find me uh, at Asan the DJ across social media. That's at A H S O H N the DJ. You can find uh, episodes of this podcast and more at weeklyregular.com. Thank you again, Luke, for joining me. And we'll see y'all next week.